Howdy. Well, uh, glad to have everybody here today for worship. All of you who are joining us online, uh, thank you for joining us. But Ron told you, you need to come in here one of these days. So, yeah, we're waiting for you. So, absolutely. We'll see you then. Now, some of you may know this, is that I had been a, a teacher for, for several years. And one of the things that I discovered was, you know, the distinction between the high school teaching and the middle school teaching Whenever the kids would get in trouble and you ask the high schooler what happened and they will clam up It's like prison rules, you know snitches get stitches kind of a thing. It's like man High schoolers man. They're already ready for that and it's like oh my word and and the thing is though that when you switch to middle schoolers Oh man, you can't get them to stop. Okay Now tell me what happened. I mean as soon as two of these sixth graders are having some sort of a beef with each other and you ask them what happened. Well, that's your first mistake, asking them what happened. Oh, my goodness. Everyone's got some reason why I was like, well, he wasn't nice to me. Well, he was hitting me in the back of my shoulder. And it's like, okay, well, well, yeah, well, he had his friends, you know, getting upset with me. Oh, yeah, well, that's because you were looking at me funny. Oh, yeah, well, that's because you look funny. And it was just like back and forth, back and forth. And finally, you just kind of pause and you're like, I don't have any idea how this even started and frankly I don't know that anybody else does either and so you just kind of give up and you're kind of like okay just stop just just okay can we be okay can you stop can you can you go back and just stop whatever you're doing it'll be okay and and then realizing that well yeah you could probably get some peace for a little bit but it'll probably happen again the next day and again you will have absolutely no idea how it started and it doesn't even matter anyway And I always find that interesting whenever we get to Philippians 4. Because in Philippians 4, Paul calls out Euodia and Syntyche. Now, if I were to come up here in the front of the entire congregation and decide to air out some of your dirty laundry that probably wouldn't go over uh, too well, I would imagine. Be all like, well, you know, why is it that y'all aren't getting along very well? Okay, you know, and be, and be all like, you know, Sue and Linda, why is it that y'all got to, like, not get along with each other? Oh, my goodness, can y'all just figure it out? And, of course, I can pick on them because, well, well, yeah, because I can't. Um, but especially is to realize that this is not even just a matter of, okay, I sent them a letter. Now the elders of that church are going to go up to Euodia and Syntyche and be like, okay, look, Paul, he's saying y'all got to really take care of this, okay? So y'all, can y'all stop arguing? Oh, no. It is now read in the churches for 2,000 years. So for 2,000 years, whatever it was that Euodia and Syntyche were having an issue over, We're never going to know, but we're going to know their names, and we're going to know that Paul had to call them out. And it was probably something like, I don't know, maybe one person didn't like the other one's, you know, matzo ball soup recipe or something like that, and they disagreed somewhere along the way. I have no idea. But that's the whole thing, though, is that we have absolutely no idea. You see, the thing with this is that Epaphroditus comes from Philippi. And he's coming to minister to Paul. Now, Paul is in jail. 
So Paul probably doesn't have his mind on whatever argument might be happening over in Philippi. So at this moment in time, what is Epaphroditus telling him? What all has been shared? What is it that's so important that has to come all the way to this person that's in prison? Now, I don't know Epaphroditus personally. We've never met. He runs in different circles from me. Um, But on top of that is that we have absolutely no idea how in the world this information got to Paul. But the fact that this kind of information is on the same level as everything else means that it's gotten out of hand. And that's the thing, is that oftentimes whenever we discover that these back and forths, they happen for some reason, but frankly, does it even matter? Because what does Paul end up doing? Does Paul try to solve whatever issue it is that Epaphroditus must have told him about? Does he try to go in there and unpack you know, well, I know that you said this, and I, I know that this didn't go well, and I know that y'all had this such and such issue. No. Just figure it out. Find a way to come back together. There have been a number of churches that I've been a part of over the years. And especially since the last 12 years, most of the time whenever I've been at a church, it's been in the middle of a vacancy of some form or other. It is amazing how many times you would see somebody's picture or somebody's name that had been two or three years previously, and you try to find out where is so-and-so, and then you find out, well, they had an argument with this person and decided to go down the road. Even times whenever I've been at a church where the pastor ended up having an argument with somebody and took half the congregation with him to go start another church less than a mile away. The thing is, is that oftentimes we can end up being the biggest issue that we face. And that's what actually leads into our epistle lesson. You see, in our epistle lesson, where Paul is saying, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, Rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. See, the thing is, is that oftentimes we can let the smaller things tear out what can truly bring us joy. Do you realize how many things actually are wonderful that are happening in the world around us? Do you realize how many times each week and each month people are able to come together to eat, to study, to learn, to pray together? That uh, They were mentioning The Rock earlier, and I mean it got restarted, what, a year and a half ago? Restarted, I think it was, somewhere along the way? The thing is, is that there are about, I don't know, 30, 25, 30 people that just want to sit together each month and love each other and eat together. And that's just one of many groups that there are. Or the fact that we've got several people that want to actually wake up at like, I don't even know what sort of an hour and come and sing in the choir. Uh, Sue is kind of a taskmaster, I'm sure. So, you know, they're just, I'm sure, really afraid. 
but also the fact that we've got a school and we've got an upcoming Halloween event where we can actually minister to people instead of just hoping that they don't get caught up in some craziness on the 31st. And yet oftentimes we can end up spending our focus on the things that aren't nearly as important. See, when something can end up pulling us down, what does it end up stopping? It distracts us from the things that we can rejoice in. There was, uh, gosh, how many years back was it? It was, I think, the early, maybe mid-2000 aughts, I guess it was. Uh, that's apparently what we call them, the aughts. Um, so somewhere, maybe 2005, 2006, somewhere in there. And there was a, a song that I, man, I really loved. I, I have a special place in my heart for Sarah Bareilles. I know that I'm never going get to get to meet her. But, you know, she and Taylor Swift, uh, somewhere in there, uh, uh, they, they will never know that I am forever heartbroken because of the two of them. But with Sarah Bareilles is that she came out with this song, and the song's name is Brave. And at first it sounds a little bit cheesy and everything, but I used to actually teach that to my students in China because it was a way not only of, you know, hearing English in context, but also because the message was a lot more in keeping with what I felt we want to stand for in Western culture than what we oftentimes get labeled for. But the thing about this song is that a few months later, after Brave had come out, you know, say what you want to say and let the words fall out. Honestly, I want to see you be brave. And then all of a sudden I started hearing a song come out that sounded kind of similar but it wasn't the same song. And less than a year later, ended up hearing a song by Katy Perry called Roar. And the background music is pretty much the exact same, slightly higher timber. And the words are also very similar to being brave, except they have roar instead. And realizing that if you put them over each other, it's pretty much the exact same beat, and you can actually mash them up without having to change anything. And Sarah Bareilles fans were just in an uproar, not to be punny. But with it, though, is they were very upset, and they started posting and saying, Sarah, how can you let this happen? You have to go in, and you have to fight for your intellectual property. And literally the only thing that Sarah Bareilles posted was, it's all love, guys. See, the thing is, is that probably, you know, at the end of the day, both songs were still going to be out on the radio. But also, Sarah Bareilles was known for being somebody who cared about people. And at that moment in time, is that even though she could and some people would say should have gone in and fought for her intellectual property rights, she asked what was going to actually be the best outcome. And in the end, she chose to focus on what would matter more. Do the best job she had with her song and just let that be what cried out. And the thing with this is that oftentimes we miss out on that, is that it's so easy to try to make a point in the world. Oftentimes we want to make sure that we have stood up for ourselves or for the things that we think matter. But it's amazing what we end up losing sight of when we do so. 
we can oftentimes be so caught up in trying to get something our way, our vengeance, our point across. And the thing is, is that with all these things happening is that Paul is saying, I need you to focus on the peace that will surpass everything you've ever known. Christ Jesus. And he, he says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, whatever, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. The thing is, is that we oftentimes can feel so entitled. And let's be honest, Americans are pretty bad about that. I've worked hard. I'm a good person. I've been through enough in my life. This is what I deserve or that's not what I deserve. But look at who's speaking. Paul is over there needing everything from food to clothing to just hopefully somebody get him out of prison. And all he's saying is, I'm okay. Because I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And it puts so many things into context. See, instead of spending the time sitting there trying to figure out how to get it, what it is that he would want, is instead he's focusing on the thing that matters the most. You see, sharing with one another in joy is actually what ends up magnifying what it is that we enjoy. See, instead of spending the time figuring out that there were, as we know from this letter and from others, there were plenty of people that were out there who were benefiting from the fact that Paul wasn't on the scene anymore. Paul was this really important itinerant preacher who had gone from place to place and started churches and people knew his name. But now with him out of the picture, you know, other preachers could come around and be important and have things to say and they could matter. And couldn't you imagine how frustrating it could have been for Paul? Haven't you noticed what I did? Why is it that I can't be out there? But what is the most important thing at that moment? The most important thing at that moment was that Paul wanted the name of Christ to be praised. You see, we are oftentimes facing things where we can demand or we can declare what we need when in reality the question is how is it that we're focusing on bringing Christ and His love and His mercy? And I say that because we are yet again in the middle of something probably world-changing. If you don't know the fact that Israel and Palestine are at war again, then I, I don't know where you've been for the last several days. And truth be told is that there are a lot of atrocities that are happening that I don't want to even talk about out loud. There are people not only being harmed, being held captive, but those who have been killed that aren't even old enough to speak for themselves, let alone defend themselves. And with that is that right now, there is every reason 
for people to not only need to stand up to protect themselves and defend themselves, but also to be mad and angry. And there are all the things that, that are going to come up. But even more than that is people who have been here in this country who've never even seen the people there who oftentimes can take the suffering that other people are going through and can spend their time trying to use it to get across something for themselves. The thing is, is that right now, if people wanted to look back, there are people who are actually standing on two different sides. And that may be hard to imagine. But the, there are those who are saying, well, you don't know what these people have been going through. And then others who are saying, well, you don't know what's happening right now. Well, you don't know what's going to happen next and all the innocents that are going to be harmed. And all of that is real. But now what is it that we end up doing? How many preachers are out there spending the whole time saying, okay, now, look, we've just proven all the prophecies right, so now you need to come and give to our church, and you need to come and be over here, and, that, and it turns into somehow they've used it for their own gain? Or more than that is that at the end of the day, they're going to be, no matter what happens, there are people living in their life that are dying, that didn't even realize what was happening around them, but more than that is there are people who are going to be homeless and there are going to be people who are kept between boundaries who can't go anywhere else. And they're still going to be stuck in rubble. And then there are going to be people who are going to sit back and point the finger and try to figure out who it was that was truly at fault when at the end of the day, people are just wanting food and a place to live and to know that they're not going to be in danger each and every day. And that's the thing with this, is that we have a world that needs more than just the rivalries and the hatred and the enmity. What they need is people who are going to stop and just where they're at, bring them what is needed right here and right now. How can I help you? To whoever it is that might be suffering right now, whatever it is, their background, whatever their last name, whatever it might be, is to look at them and to say, how is it that I right now can be helping you right here, right now? Because we can get caught up in trying to make a point. We can get so caught up in the message that we miss out on the people. But don't you want to see the world change? Maybe even just a little bit? Because if we spend all of our time trying to keep score, nothing's going to change. But if we actually want a moment in time where we can stand there and say there is hope and love and this is what is true and this is what is real, what's actually going to give us that moment? So my challenge to you today, because I do believe that your hope is in Christ Jesus. I do believe that that's the place where you put your faith and your, your focus. And so right now, not only as we pray for those who are over in the Middle East, as well as for the people in our own country, and hopefully look for some ways to try to make a difference, my challenge to you is this. 
that as you speak of it, as you think of it, spend your time thinking and praying how do we love each and every person that is suffering right now and to focus on how to bring Christ to them more than anything else. Thanks be to God.